Namaste and welcome back to another episode of the Sapient. Today we have another guest. Her name is Michelle. Uh, welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Great to be here. How are you today? I am well. It's uh, ten in the morning here, and I'm just getting started, but I'm doing very well. Thank you. So um, you know, like we we kind of um, you know this episode was like scheduled almost a month ago now yeah so yeah um you know how is like life been uh, you know on, on on a daily basis well um life is pretty good the older i get the more i learn to just be grateful for each day and what the day brings me right it's you mm-hmm. opened with namaste mm-hmm. and i think that's a good way to sum it up um obviously there's tragedies happening all over the world and it's pretty intense all over the world but i am grateful for my little piece of um life that i get up and i go to work every morning and it's a it's a good life so mm-hmm. thank you for asking thank you very much for that wonderful answer because it's very rare when <laughs> when i ask that question people are like so positive you know um yeah so you started out as an, as an author, is it? Well, yes. Um, I, I started as an entrepreneur many, many, many years ago. But my publishing business, I started because <clears throat> I was an author and I wrote a business book. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 25 years ago now. And when I wrote my business book, um, I suddenly had other business people asking me how to do it. And so I became a consultant for self-publishing your, your work. And this is way before self-publishing was the thing, right? Before mm-hmm. Amazon and so forth. Yeah. And um, so I started consulting with other people, you know, back then, 20, 25 years ago. And uh, that morphed into over the years that, that just transformed into the publishing business that I have today. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, do you think when you started out 25 years ago, were there like gatekeepers to this kind of particular industry? Like oh, there still are. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, there still are. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of gatekeepers. Um, you know, it's it's funny. It's definitely an old school industry that has been through tremendous change Mm -hmm. and has not been through change both so to get typical distribution and at least in the united states and get into physical bookstores there's still a lot of gatekeepers there Mm -hmm. um if you want to self-publish a book and put it up on amazon that's fairly um fairly easy to do but even Mm -hmm. amazon has a lot of its own rules that you have to follow right Mm -hmm. um it's much easier to publish a book now than it was then uh and so in terms of traditional publishing you can go around the gatekeepers and get your message out which i think is important everyone deserves the chance to put out their message if they would like to Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does not mean that you're going to be able to be in every bookstore in the world. Mm-hmm. So, since you have, you are like the original, like you know, the entrepreneur. What I feel like, you know, because your generation that is 25, 30 years, 
you know you have been let's say let's say hustling in today's world yeah um, you know for 30 years and you probably started hustling before that there was that word you know yeah. you used in, used that as street lingo so yeah I, yeah yeah go ahead yeah so over the years like have you shifted to more kind of you know like i'm going to approach it as a very like balanced human or or are you still like you know like no i need to hustle every day to make make something happen so this is not going to be necessarily the answer that people want to hear mm -hmm. but if you're in business for yourself you really do have to continue hustling mm -hmm. the difference is i don't hustle 24 7 anymore i'm not usually not mm -hmm. working late at night anymore trying to drum up business but if you're running a business, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're leading a team of people, you have to be engaged, whether you call it hustling, whatever you call it, you've still got to sell things. You have to lead your team. You have to make sure that the business is moving forward in a positive direction. So as an entrepreneur, I think hustle is a good word, even though people don't like that word anymore. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people expect to um, say, this is what I do. And then if it's not easy, they give up. And very often the things worthwhile in life don't come easy. Sometimes they do, but usually it's because you've prepared, you've done the groundwork, Sometimes some things just come easy and sometimes you have to work through things. And I think that's how life is. And so I think my answer is I hustle, mm -hmm. but maybe I also take vacations and I also try to eat dinner at home with my family. Mm -hmm. So it may look different than it did 30 years ago, but um, you can't, you can't, uh, take your pedal off the gas if you're an entrepreneur you you know there is some amount of getting up every day selling promoting yourself promoting your business talking about what you do leading your team and so forth that keeps your business alive and going mm -hmm. got it because michelle by profession i am a digital marketer like i have my own consulting firm etc etc et yeah um, but what you know like because i like history like i like to read history and i like to understand what happened before because history repeats itself yes so um you know when you started out as an entrepreneur compared to today um, do you feel that back then it was all about earning profits and earning money whereas today it's just creating hype around a startup and just exiting and you know like just selling it to the next person <laughs> well that's definitely how it feels in the online space doesn't it yes exactly <laughs> yes it's, what it, it's exactly what it feels like um and you've got um so i don't know about um, as much about your business but even in digital marketing mm -hmm. there's lots of people saying uh, follow these 10 steps and become your own digital marketer, right? Selling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hear you laughing, you know, yes. all that hype about selling what you know, rather than selling an actual service. Right. Yes. So there's a lot of hype about that. 
it feels like maybe it's coming back to balance like five or six years ago right before covid happened that was huge it was like uh -huh. everybody was you know download my blueprint here's your seven step process here's my 19 dollar thing you know Mm -hmm. everybody was doing that i've never really been in the middle of that personally but i see it go on all around me um and i think when you are out there online trying to get help for building your own entrepreneurial venture whether it be digital marketing or publishing or coaching you have to discern for yourself what's really going to help you mm -hmm. build your business and what's just more noise and mm -hmm. and that's that's the key. Like there's so much noise out there. How do we each differentiate ourselves? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because Michelle, um, here is like what I, uh, what I feel like that at a certain point, all of today's big corporations were a startup, right? Like they, they worked very bare bones, like bare minimum with, you know, like bare minimum staff with, you know, maximum capability or maximum talent. And slowly, you know, they became these corporate giants that we, um, you know, see them as today. And because I'm not like old, I'm not even experienced, you know, but what I feel is like, I don't think Apple or, you know, Microsoft or Google or any of these companies ever said like, you know what, today we earned our first billion dollars unless they were public. But today's unfortunate scenario is even startups and um, any any new e-commerce startup startup brands have that on their home page of the website they're like you know like our revenue is 10 million dollars and it seems like you know at, at a certain point in some businesses customer is already out of you know the equation before even the business started yeah there's definitely a a whole side industry of just raising money and building a business without actually ever serving a customer or turning a profit and as a small entrepreneur and as a small business you can't do that you've got mm -hmm. to serve your customer and turn your profit or you're not going to have money to pay your team or keep your lights on or right so mm -hmm. um, my business is small i'm definitely not in that billion dollar amazon or google realm and I have to think about my customer each and every day, just like I'm sure you do. Yes. I mean, um, you know, like I'm from India. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm very like involved in startup culture here. And unfortunately, Michelle, the startup culture here is exactly as I described. They are like so much obsessed with revenue and just opening a new vertical of business and not even concentrating. But just hyping the numbers, you know, what we have, um, you know, 10 million uncaptured market. Right, um, right. And, you know, they're just trying to sell this Vugazi scheme to um, angel investors and, you know, people who are just trying to buy, write out, buy this, buy these businesses. And I, I know, I, I feel like, you know, like you as an experienced person, you, you, you know, every time you, you, you come across a business like that you must be like very clearly looking at the writing in the wall saying you know run from this business <laughs> well, every time you see one of those businesses mm -hmm. though you see 10 
people like yourself or someone with a corner shop Mm -hmm. or someone who's changing tires on a car, making a living, Mm -hmm. or someone who's doing laundry from their house. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have that in India. We have that here. Mm -hmm. Or um, somebody who is, you know, running a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So for every one of those big businesses that are just trying to get angel investors and become the next billion dollars in some vertical industry, you have 10 or 20 or a hundred mm-hmm. small businesses that actually keep the whole economy running. And that's where <laughs> you and I buy from. That's where yes. the real entrepreneurs are. Yes. Um, certainly, Michelle, because, you know, here we have a local markets where one shopkeeper would uh, you know would do more business than a startup who is getting like 100 million dollars in investment yeah cuz they're serving actual clients <laughs> they're doing real business right yes. so yeah i mean i've been to india it's been a very very long time well it's been probably 10 years ago now mm-hmm. and you know you walk the street lots of markets lots of yes. mom and pop shops lots of people out there transporting goods and making the economy happen mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the online world the online world is you know where you and i live but um without the backbone of people delivering goods and services and helping us get our food on the table there wouldn't be an online world mm-hmm. yeah exactly michelle because i see people you know like those people who say always the sky is falling uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, I I have so I know so many of them, and you know one of my friends he was saying you know like eventually AI is going to take over this world. I was I was like no, it's not going to, um because it's it's the same statement that people use on internet back in you know nineties and you know early two thousands. Right. right. Totally. You know, Michelle. Of course, you know you being you know so experienced, you must have seen this over and over and over. Right. Any time a new technology comes, they're like, oh my god, this is it. Like, you know, this is a doomsday. It's here. Well, I think we go back to the namaste greeting, which you started with. We have to Mm. go with what is true in today. As I said, the older I get, the more I stay in today. And I think that's a lot of what all the the spiritual teachings teach as well. Mm -hmm. Really pay attention to what's in front of you and what's real and what's actually happening today and not what people are projecting because you never know what tomorrow will bring Mm -hmm. we just don't know we can guess so history does repeat itself and we can study history Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't tell us if the next fire or flood is going to come or somebody's going to give birth or somebody's going to get married all the ups and downs of regular life Mm -hmm. also affect business also affect our own personal lives and so um i'm not a doomsday person i do think one way or another humanity's going to have to figure it out mm. <laughs> one way or another or we're going to be as extinct but that probably won't happen in my lifetime hopefully and not so, right <laughs> so yeah. in the meantime let's go do the best we can do and help humanity the best we can help and be the best people we can be mm-hmm. Michelle, um, you know, because you're you're just so wise in terms of how you, you know, like communicate, I feel like. Um, 
at what like kind of stage of your life you you felt like you know there needs to be some balance between you know work life and personal life um that's a good question because balance is interesting there are days so i do try to be home for dinner most nights i do you know i travel a little bit for work not a lot but a little bit um but there are times if i'm working on a launch or i have a deadline for a book that i'll work very hard and there's no balance in my life that week mm-hmm. but when i look about month to month or year to year there's lots of balance and for some people i think they need balance every day and for me as long as i have balance month to month i'm doing pretty well mm-hmm. so i think it's different for each person and for me when i was younger i would i would have balance year to year like i would work really really hard for a year and then mm-hmm. i say oh my gosh i need a break and then i take a break um now i tend to um not day to day but maybe week to week i try to take at least one day off a week sometimes two mm-hmm. um i try to do other things walk and you know eat well and do other things in my life to help bring me balance um i don't think there was a particular age i think it's just it's just changed over the years um what that balance looks like but how early into your career did you realize that that is important like at least striving <laughs> for some balance <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess the last 10 years have been more and more important for balance mm-hmm. um in the last 10 years but i think i always had some mm-hmm. but i definitely hustled more and worked harder when i was younger and i think that's probably normal though yes we have we don't have the experience and so we have to work harder until we get the experience so we can make good decisions so at the beginning i think you work harder and there's less balance but you know i've met lots of young entrepreneurs who have lots of balance in their life because it's more important now than it used to be mm-hmm. in terms of the culture people expect more balance now yes people expect that they have time for themselves now and that wasn't true 20 or 30 years ago mm-hmm. so it's an expectation coming from younger generations than me mm-hmm. who say no i'm not working after hours i have plans mm-hmm. whereas 20 or 30 years ago it was expected that if your boss asked you to work extra hours you would work it that's not mm-hmm. true anymore so it's not just me that's changed i think society's changed mm-hmm. yes i think i i personally think that covid kind of gave them, gave everybody like actual perspective on life absolutely <laughs> it kicked it kicked almost everyone's butt so yes. you know like you better you better you know like concentrate on actual things in life <laughs> that's right it did and and many of us couldn't leave the house yes and and we were trying to work from home and that worked or didn't work with kids at home and so forth and so mm-hmm. it it made everybody reevaluate i know in the united states a lot of people moved um they went to since they could work from home they moved to where they wanted to move to and that changed everything that brought different kind of balance so um i 
COVID is over, but I don't think the transformation is over. I think we're still in the middle of the transformation. And the, the teenagers and the 20-somethings who went through COVID mm-hmm. while they were still in school yeah. are going to bring a totally different um, totally different life balance equation to the workforce that we're just now starting to really see. I agree, Michelle, because even before COVID, even I was, I, I did not have any balance in my life. I'm not <laughs> saying, you know, like, no, uh, absolutely like no balance um, because I used to work for another agency. Yep. Um, you know, like there were days where I have worked like 36 hours straight. Wow. Like no sleep, nothing like just sit, sit in your office and keep working and working and working. And, you know, somewhere just before COVID hit, I realized, you know, probably this is not a healthy lifestyle. Right. I want to right. Live. Um, especially with me, because my family has this cardio history, like, you know, heart attacks and all these things. So I was like, maybe this is not a healthy thing that I'm doing. And I, you know, I probably need to shift out of it. And, you know, boom, COVID hit. And I honestly, genuinely saw, and, you know, I, I will remember this until the day probably I die, that I saw people who were career obsessed become like very mellow and, you know, like very humble because they saw so much chaos around them. They understood that, okay, whatever I was trying to do was very small. You know, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. Well, you know what's interesting too, Ganesh, is I think our creativity and our productivity as entrepreneurs is much better when we step away from our business because we can see we can see the big picture we get ideas i i walk i try to walk mm-hmm. um and that helps me clear my head and i think you know when you're sitting 36 hours in front of a computer probably mm-hmm. you have no opportunity to clear your head or get ideas for the business exactly and that's that's not really balanced. That's being smart business person. So for you, I'm glad you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. I'm also like very glad I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Because certainly that was like unsustainable. Um, you know, because you cannot keep pushing yourself. Um to that kind of level because then it becomes a health hazard more than just you know like money money or wealth or whatever you want to call it as yeah so michelle like you know like because i have had one you know another author on my podcast uh, and i do not understand authors because for me you know some authors are just knuckleheads who, who go through the worst of pain and you know worst of everything to you know like deliver that kind of book which relates to people so what you what's your kind of viewpoint on you know like writers or authors yeah there's two different kinds of writers and we have both in our publishing company one kind is someone who writes they know they have multiple books inside them 
they are compelled to write either fiction or nonfiction. They know their writers. They sit down and write every day or every week. And then they work with an editor and they get their book out. Or maybe they blog every day. Um, somehow or another, they're writers. They write sales copy. They write newsletters. They write blog posts. They write books. Then you have another kind of person, and I fall under this, which is I know I want to write this book. I know I want to get this out in the world, and I'm going to go kicking and screaming and hate every minute of writing <laughs> to get it done. Um, and I think a lot of people fall under that, and they don't give themselves credit for the fact that they, when they do get it done, that they that they got a book written. Those kinds of people usually need coaching help, book editing help, book coaching help, because they don't have a lot of structure. They're not disciplined writers. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of writing experience, so they need more help. But with the, the right book coach and the right editor, you can still get a very good book out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are people who just don't want to write. And that's yes. fine. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that, right? Not everybody is a writer. Mm -hmm. But if you want to write a book and you don't consider yourself a writer, there are tools and people that can help you get your book out. Mm -hmm. And um, even the writers who have written many books that I work with, mm -hmm. they also talk about how it can be very painful to write, <laughs> even when they're accomplished writers and they're good writers and they can write quickly. Maybe they write a blog post a day and have been for a decade. Sometimes that's still really hard, but that's hard with anything, right? Managing mm -hmm. your digital agency, some days are easier yes, than true. others, but you get up every day and you do the work. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. I think that's, you know, a big piece of it is no matter what you do in life, whether you're a mom or a dad or an entrepreneur or go to work every day you just got to get up and and do it day after day and some days are better than others and then you keep your vision of how you want your life to be different and what are some small things you can change um in your life when you get up day after day to make your life better mm -hmm. and it may just be small things it doesn't have to be big huge things every day it could be just a small thing that you change that has a big difference got it because um you know few of my friend uh, one of my friend is like um you know fantasy kind of writer yeah and i can tell you he is a freaking knucklehead like <laughs> he, he won't put down um you know writing for days and days yeah and yeah like that's where i don't understand writers maybe because i don't have any like skill absolutely no skill to write yeah um but that's the thing like you know I'm, I'm genuinely interested because you have worked with so many authors that you must have seen both ends of the spectrum where a person is so deep that you know they have made probably like thousand drafts and you know like ten thousand corrections in the book and you know there is someone else who has just typed it once and said here you go like i don't want to look look at it and so on we have authors who say here you go i don't want to look at it anymore and my job at that point is to evaluate how good the book is and help that author realize 
that they're only halfway through. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit like saying I trained for a marathon, but then I didn't do the marathon. <laughs> or I went to college for four years, but I decided not to do the final exams. Mm -hmm. Just because you've written the book, you're not over the finish line yet. You've got to hang in there and do the editing. And that is tough for first time authors. They don't like to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, not so some, some don't mm -hmm. like to do that because you are like, Oh, this was so hard. I finally got my first draft manuscript done. I finally got some words on paper. That was so hard. I'm done. I don't want to see it. Go publish it. And really you're just halfway there. You've got to keep your momentum going to get over the finish line, to get it published. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people give up. It is where a lot of people give up, but I think that's true in life, right? Mm -hmm. They do the hard work and then they feel like they're done when really there's a whole nother hill to climb. There's a whole nother, and, and that's where the reward comes. That's where mm -hmm. you do get to finish the marathon or graduate college or publish your book. That's where the reward is. So a lot of people just give up too soon. And if you're not a writer, don't worry about it. You don't have to be. Mm -hmm. You're a great podcaster, right? There's yes. a lot of ways, and you're probably really good at digital marketing. There's a lot of ways to make your way in the world and make a mm -hmm. difference in the world. And writing is only one small way. Yes. Because I came across your TEDx talk. That was maybe like, what, eight to nine years ago? I don't remember the exact date. Yeah. So how was that kind of journey like? Like, did you actually decide, like, you know what, I want to uh, you know, appear on TEDx or it was just something that just happened? Um, so that was an interesting story. And it was, I think, eight years ago now, I think, maybe nine. Um, mm -hmm. I connected with somebody who was putting together the first TED Talk in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. Um and I asked if I could apply and I applied and then they told me I needed to change my subject. They didn't like my subject. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go put together, I had to reapply with a new subject and I had a very short window. And at that point they didn't, at least here, give, they didn't give us any training or any, um, practice sessions. I think now most TEDx do give training and practice sessions, but back then I didn't get any of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a live talk and the night before the talk, I really tried to get out of it and said, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not qualified. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know the subject matter. Mm -hmm. And literally my two sisters had to drag me up on that stage and make <laughs> me go through with it. Um, it, it, that's a perfect example. It's funny that you bring that up because that's a perfect example where I'd done all the work and was ready to quit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I really didn't want to get on that stage. I was too scared. I had imposter syndrome. I thought I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, my sisters made me get on and it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't the best. Could I do better today? Of course but it was fine and I got through it and I got the reward at the end, which was I got a Ted talk, right? Mm -hmm. A TEDx talk. 
Um, so I just think that's a perfect example that you brought up and you didn't even know that about me, that I yes. almost gave up before, before mm. it was time. Yep. So do you think that kind of like TEDx, if you gave again today, like how big of a transformation could people see? Oh, in myself, huge. I'm a better speaker. I would, I would probably prepare better now. I'm a better speaker now. Mm -hmm. um, and I would probably tell the stories better now. So I would be a better storyteller. I might give the exact same talk. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think the premise of the talk, which is sometimes we procrastinate and sometimes it's just not time yet. Mm -hmm. Like why we try to push something through, but we need more information or we need to just let our creativity flow. So sometimes it, it is procrastination, but sometimes you just are not ready. Mm -hmm. I think my message might be the same, but I personally am different, more accomplished. Hopefully mm -hmm. I'd be more polished. Got it. Uh, you know, the reason I, I kind of ask you that is, I see like young young folks around me because I try to give back to my, you know, like college and education institutions. And I see this kind of mindset that people are born with, you know, certain personalities. So do you believe like either personality is something that you build along the way or is it something that you're just uh, equipped with? Well, that's probably the question philosophers have been asking for forever. I think you're born with a certain personality and at some point you choose what you want to develop. So if you get in your heart that you want to write a book, then you get to choose whether you're going to develop that skill to write or not. Right? Yes. You understand? Um, you, I was not a very good accomplished speaker. I have chosen to develop that skill a little bit. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make, that didn't change my personality. It just changed the skill. You can choose to be smart. I didn't used to believe that, but now I choose to believe that you can choose to be smart. Yeah. You may be born with some skill around math or English, but you can choose to learn and be smart about things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think your personality stays the same, but you may have life experiences that change the direction of your life that forces you to learn things that you didn't know you were going to have to learn as well. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, life has a way of teaching us all kinds of new things that may affect our personality, but we definitely are growing and changing every day. It, it's there's nothing that we are not set in stone mm -hmm. and do you think that there, there needs to be like certain commitment towards developing a person's personality in the long term i don't think everybody wants to do that mm -hmm. My but guess do you think it's necessary well <laughs> so for me, it's necessary, and I guess for you, it's necessary because it's in my heart and it's part of my personality that I want to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. However, I have met lots of people who are very happy 
doing the same desk job and going home to their families and not learning and growing. And they have very nice lives mm -hmm. and they're very happy. So what I kind of hear you ask maybe is, is it ambition mm -hmm. that causes us to want to be better? that causes us to learn, that causes us to do better, that causes us to grow. And I don't think everybody has it. So I don't think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. some people are born with that or some people find it out of necessity. Like if you're suddenly a single mom with five kids and you've got to figure out how to, how to bring these kids up, right? You may, you may suddenly be required to be ambitious and figure out how to make that work. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there are plenty of people in the world that do not have ambition and are quite and are very happy. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's you or me, though. Yes, exactly. Like there are certain people who have that kind of itch that they would not yep. settle for anything else. Right. Because I am definitely one of those persons. Like I can tell you because that's what I have always wanted. And I don't know why, because um michelle like i want to ask you this there are certain people that once they realize that they are in the stream let's say they they are getting into that herd of sheep kind of direction even though it might be bad they want to pull away that from that particular direction so like do you think like that kind of attitude where a person wants to be different is also a characteristic of a person or do you think it's just a, a, a mindset? Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're, if you thought you were going to be a mom your whole life and then your husband dies and you mm -hmm. suddenly are forced to do something different, mm -hmm. you have to change your mindset quickly. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, it would be mindset, right? Yes. But for me, I was born with the itch, as you say. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it was something in my childhood. Maybe I wasn't born with it, right? I, I don't know exactly. Maybe something in my childhood made me want to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um. And maybe I could change my mindset to say, okay, I'm ready to retire. Enough's enough. I'm going to go sit in my garden mm -hmm. if I needed to, right? If I had to yes. do that, change my mindset. And if you have health issues, you suddenly have to change your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. People go through that all the time. You talked about heart issues and cardiac issues and mm -hmm. you know there's people in your family that had to change their mindset about what was going on for them quickly yes so we try to boil it down and i think life is much more mysterious than we give it credit for yes and i think like life really doesn't give two dams about us like it's like i'm going to throw you under the bus every time <laughs> and, you know, gee, I, I hope you survive. Right. Some days it feels like that for sure. Yes. Some yes. days it feels like that. Right. Yeah. 
So, uh, Michelle, like, let's talk about what you do for a living. So you said that, you know, you work as a, a publishing, right? A publishing company. Yes. So what's, what is that kind of process? Let's say a person wants to write a book. So at what stage of their book writing journey do they contact you? And from which point of time would, could you start helping them? So I work with people and my company works with people at all stages. So if you have been listening to this podcast and you're one of the people that says, I don't know how to write, I hate to write, but I have an idea. Now's the time to contact me because my team and I will help you figure out what that idea is and how to structure it so it's a book. If you have been writing and you have blog posts or you have an outline for a book already, it's the time to contact us to find out what the next step is. So really, I work with people at all stages of this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we take a book um, and it becomes, you know, something that you and I, we were talking about a little bit at the beginning of this podcast, it turns into like a lead generation tool to help build their business, right? Um, sometimes it's a book to help inspire other people. Sometimes it's a fiction book. We publish all kinds of books. I help all kinds of authors. And so it really depends what the author's goal is and ultimately what kind of book it is to know how to structure it and what to do next and what the next step, step is. So it's never too early to contact me. Got it. So authors, let's say they won't write a book and they're like, okay, I know I will talk to this particular person and figure out how to do it. Yep. I mean, call me, you know, just book a call with me and it's, it's pretty easy. We'll figure out like what your next step is. Do you need book coaching? Do you need an hour? Do you need mm -hmm. some consultation? Do you need to go straight to an editor? Like every single project is different. And so there's no one right way for anybody, even though some other publishers will tell you there's a system. I don't think there's, there is a system to publishing, but every author is different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for you, Ganesh, we could probably take some of these podcasts and turn them into a book if you wanted, right? Yes, so kind of. There's there's all kinds of ways to get a book mm -hmm. published, and every author's different. And so, if you're just thinking about it, book some time, book a half hour call with me, no charge or anything. I talk to authors all day, every day, and we just find out what your next step is and what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, Michelle, this is kind of controversial question that I'm asking you. Um, it's just a beforehand kind of warning. Um, do you think that authors who have good content, or they might not have good content, let's say, do you think they should they should book uh, they should sign multi book deals? Um. So the second book always sells better than the first book. Mm -hmm. A third book always sells better than the first and second book, and it's because the author will be better. Mm -hmm. because the audience knows the author mm -hmm. because you started to build up some marketing. Mm -hmm. So from a publisher's perspective, we would prefer to have multi-book deals mm -hmm. because we know the books will sell better the more the author puts out. Mm -hmm. And from an author's perspective, often 
it is good because the author has learned to work with the publishing company, work with us, and has learned to work with our editors and our process. So I like those deals. We do have a right of first refusal in our contract. So if you're going to uh, write the next book, we, we would like to look at it first before you take it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Having said that, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. There should always be an out clause in a contract, right? Mm -hmm. There should always be a way for people to get out with good reason, not just because they felt like it, but with good reason to get out of a contract. If it's not a fit, I never want to work with somebody who thinks we're not a fit for them. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I think if an author is thinking about three books, mm -hmm. um, it's good to to find a company that will do all three with you. Got it. So it's better to stick with one publisher and just write out all you know, the three books. Well, that's what I would say because I'm a publisher, right? <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So, um, you know, once let's say the books released, um, so does your publishing, um, you know, like company or the firm all, also help people with you know in marketing and PR and all these things um, we do we do charge for that mm -hmm. so we do some standard marketing um, social media and distribution and some standard marketing but if someone wants a big big PR blitz we do charge for that but we do offer it mm -hmm. got it and because you have been in the book industry for so many years what is your kind of response to those people who say, you know, what like book and writing, um, you know, like books is kind of in its last stages of, um, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like just just getting saturated, like, you know, like there is no more room in that particular field. It goes back to the author. So. If you were going to come to me and say, all right, let's take my podcast and let's write a book. I could say, well, digital marketing, you know, or in this case, we've talked about entrepreneurship and all kinds of things, you know, that feels saturated. However, your goals might be to set yourself up as an expert in digital marketing, that you're going to talk about digital marketing in the book, or maybe you want to give it away to kids in your neighborhood to help them become entrepreneurs and to inspire them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're going to go speak, and so you want to be able to have books for sale at, in the room where you speak. So all of those those three conditions, it doesn't matter if the market's saturated because it's more around you and your personal goals. Mm -hmm. Every market's saturated at this point, right? Yes. Even AI is saturated at this point, and it's pretty new to the common person. So mm -hmm. you've got to you've got to figure out why you're writing the book and what your goals are for the book. Some mm -hmm. people just want to write a book because they want to write a book because it's a creative project and it's mm -hmm. a fun project. Got it. Because I have had like, you know, like my, my listeners and, you know, like just my acquaintance people who are like skeptical. They're like, you know, like I won't write a book, but the industry is so saturated. 
and yeah. you know, i always tell them one thing you know you have to switch out your mindset because if you're always like you know like with the mindset of scarcity you're like oh my god like there is nothing out there but if you switch just switch it to abundance you're just like you know i'm going to do my own thing and it's going to work yeah so you know i just wanted to uh, get your opinion because you have been in in, the, in this industry for so long Yeah, well, totally. I mean, if you're in business, then you're going to do whatever you need to do to make your business work. And if a book will help you do that, mm-hmm. right? So a book will help a lot of people, give them credibility, give them a way to reach a bigger audience, help them, give them something else to sell. There's so many, so many things that a book can help you with. So you know i'm going back to everyone's different um you you're going to make it work cuz you're in business and you're going to make it work if you want to write a book just because it's a labor of love mm-hmm. then writing the book and publishing the book is enough right sometimes yes. eating dinner with your family is enough for the day mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to be not everything has to be about doing better being successful doing more some things are just because we want to do them exactly <laughs> um and that is something that's so common in creative world yes where they are like okay like this is something that i want to do and i will do it yep yep and and that's how life should be we should do things because we want to do them and they sound like fun and that keeps the creativity going in our businesses as well yes because um i have seen a lot of people suck at their creative work because they wanted money from it <laughs> right right um right. i too sucked at a certain point michelle like this is not my first podcast you know i have built and sold two and i have failed in four yeah so um you know like i i definitely understand that kind of uh, i know like approaching to certain topics that you said like you need to be able to like understand why you are doing it and have a higher purpose than just printing money yeah most most people i mean they may want the money but it's mm-hmm. for something it's for their family it's for the education it's be able to do something for their kids right exactly there's usually something underneath mhm yeah but can... but the problem is they get caught up in that so much that they forget that this is a creative process which requires authenticity and you know being genuine to ourselves and even to those people that we are presenting this particular thing to Ganesh, you go into these deep philosophical questions, right? I mean, yes, that's right. That is, that's the problem. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. And, and people are wrestling with that now and will be in the future. And um, we forget who we are. We forget yeah. that we're more than just our paycheck or we're more than just our business. And we are multidimensional people with hopefully some balance in our life and more than just our work yes because you know one of my friends uh, as i told you who is an author um, you know he told me that 
that's the that's kind of reason why established writers and when they venture into uh, translation like you know like translating some particular book from german to maybe english or you know any other language they start sucking at it because they're just in for the money and i was like you know because podcast is something that you need you need to be genuine yes you know, because i feel like you know podcasting and writing are so close because um, we do not have any visual representation it's just uh, the author or the you know like for example me and you talking it's just two people talking but if we faked it like people could find it out very quickly just with the yeah. you know what tone and you know how we talk they could anybody could really really figure out okay like this is not something that's genuine yeah and i i i i, I can't write a book because i'm not i don't have that much of high iq um but you know i certainly read books and i read you know ebooks all the time and you know some sometimes it's like you know if 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 the book has 10 chapters let's say and by like 8 or 7 chapters sometimes it feels like the author has run out of fuel and they're just dragging it to complete that another you know like the remaining one or two chapters so yeah that's normal yep yeah and you know that's why i think what you said is very important right like you know to understand what we're doing and to do it from a different kind of position um yeah that that's very important i think yeah and again if you wanted to write a book you could learn that skill and so yes. i don't think it's about iq i think it's you don't right now mhm have that particular desire and i would guess that your business and podcasting is keeping you busy enough anyway yes exactly yeah and I, and mm-hmm. lots of lots of lots of books don't get finished yes i mean it's that is kind of struggle with i think all artistic field um because i was giving this lecture let's say not lecture but just a conversation with few students and they were like you know like podcasting is so easy you just hit record and you just pick up a mic and talk and i was like okay how many people you know do that yeah right right <laughs> right it's like okay you know like if if you want to be crude with a writer you could just say you know all you do is just write random alphabets in a book yeah and you know okay then how many people are doing that because not many people are doing that not right. it's not like you know like 50% of the population is doing that and even yeah. if 50% of the population did that there would still be another 50% of people who are not doing it and you yeah. know who are just consuming the books yeah i'm in agreement with you so that's kind of where i am coming at um and like one of the few last questions michelle like do you believe in like this writers block that people talk about where that creativity just runs out and they they have nothing to milk for i think we all hit that in our lives it's not just writers block it's creativity block it's mom block it's business block it's i'm bored with life block it's what's next block right mm-hmm. um writers block there's a lot of different ways to push through it one of which is you just put your project aside and go do a different creative project for a month 
So if you are used to writing, then go dance or go paint or go do something else where you have beginner's mind and you're letting your mind free from the project and then come back to the project anew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of mindset and approach to life is good whenever we feel stuck around something. Again, it's usually just letting more creativity come through. Creativity is endless. We all have access to lots of it. But when we're burned out or we don't have the space or the time to really access it, or we're just on our phones all the time, we don't have access to that unlimited creativity. So we have to give ourselves a space to tap into it, do something different, give our brain a rest, and then come back to our projects. Got it. So Michelle, is there any like tips that you would give to a person who is looking into, you know, maybe getting into writing? Um, well, if you want to get into writing, just start writing, write about anything that's around you, write about your day, write about your family, Mm -hmm. write about anything, right? And see where the writing takes you. If you want to write, you have to be a writer. If you want to podcast, you got to start podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the first step. But if you have a specific book that Mm -hmm. you want to write, I would start by writing your back cover of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, so just pick up any books that you have look at the back cover and and read what is in other people's back cover and then go write your back cover that will give you a synopsis of what your book is about it will give you um, one or two paragraphs for you to focus on about what the focus of your book is going to be about Mm -hmm. and it forces you to kind of narrow down exactly what your book is about even if it's fiction so there's two different answers for two different types of writers. Mm-hmm. So the best answer is to get on, get on call with Michelle. Yeah, there you go. That's the best mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Got it. Um, Michelle, it was very nice talking to you. Thank you very much for um, you know coming on the show. Um, because I understand, you know, like of course you are, you are a busy person because you're you're running a company. So yeah, thank you very much for first of all taking time to come on the show. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. And same with you. You're running a company as well. And I appreciate the opportunity. And it's been fun to connect about all the life philosophical questions with you. Yes. And unfortunately, we did not like dive dive into those kind of questions. Um, Yeah, maybe in the future, I know I might have you again and just we can just dive into these philosophical questions first and see what happens. (laughs) All right, sounds good. We did some of it. We did a little bit today. But... Yes, we did. Yeah. We just, you know, like dabbed into it. We just tested waters, and you know, we just tested what's the temperature. Um, yeah. Yes. So, uh, to our listeners, this is the end of the episode, and Michelle's website will be in the link description. Just go, you know, just click on the link. Just go there, you know, like take the free offer that Michelle is giving, because. Yeah. There, there is no harm in trying new things and and if you're genuinely interested in writing books i think that talking to someone who has so much knowledge about writing uh, would definitely help you just in terms of understanding direction and what you can do from where you are right now and if you are if you if you already have a book even then it's okay just 
you know get in touch with them because it might be a first book and you don't know any shit about marketing so you know they could help you with that so yeah just just go to michelle's website and you know like just look at what they do and all these things and please yeah just show her support from the sapiens listener space so yeah thank you very much and until next episode take care bye bye